Hello, everybody. Welcome to the QWERTY cast. And today we have a very special episode 30, the Special K edition. It's us. Today I'm your special host, Cam, and with my special other host. I want to be uh, straight on with my camera, too. That you can only see on Patreon. Kenny. Hi. I'm, Thanks, Ken. I'm special toast. Special toast. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, um, so, you know, as we as we uh, do our 30-30 special... Uh, is that what I this like is? Is that the, dirty, the reason for this? Special K, Dirty 30. You know, I just turned 22, as everyone knows. Um, so we're gonna do... It's just, you, just me and you, you know? The OG crew. Hashtag, yeah. play, don't sleep, don't yeah. look it up. Across the hall. Across the... Even, even, oh, even more <laughs> back. But that one's great. Like the only thing we have on across the hall is uh, the Minecraft trailer, which is still fire. Honestly, oh god, Heaven Shard. My, what... Minus minus the voice acting, but we don't. Can I, you know? You know what I really loved about Heaven Shard is the story, and how oh, much I... time, how much time we wrote. You and it was wrote. just all thrown away. I, I was just trying to give you some credit, but it was all thrown away for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> And you know, one one YouTuber played it a little bit, and then they like never posted anything again on their channel. Hey, that means we're but, YouTube. Uh, yeah, that was that was actually a great story. What was the story of that? That was like you spawned in this like post-apocalyptic kind of world, and yeah. you you meet Jim. Oh, and you want to know the story of Heaven Shard? Here we go, uh, Gary. I like to thank Gary too for being here. He's gonna listen to this story. I'm sure he's heard it maybe once. Um, basically, you wake up in this shard in the sky, and you met Bob, who we Jim, <laughs> Jim thank yeah, you, Jim. who we designated as Blue <laughs> Lapis Blocks and a Bumpkin Head. <laughs> but he was trapped in a suit because that's the only way he can survive. And you have to go around to these temples and defeat them basically to unlock the power. That thanks to the genius. Minecraft redstone work of Kenny, we made a lock system, like a key code, that you just got oh, a code yeah. from each of the temples. Uh, and the whole story is a background to everything. So, um, I remember I wrote this guy named Oscar. He He's like the catalyst of the whole event. He started the story by like his wife dying, tragedy happens, hits him hard, and he starts seeing these visions, uh, which you later learn is the Enderman. Um, and they're like staring, looking at him, telling him to do these things. And he's he's like thinking about like, oh, this is cool. Okay, what's going on? And they present him a way to bring his wife back. Um, so he he does he he does all this stuff that the Endermen are telling him to do, and he doesn't know that it's all bad until like, ultimately, you get down to the Water Temple where the whole thing actually happened, and you see the aftermath of his, um experiment where everything exploded the water temple just flooded and destroyed and killed everyone monsters everywhere uh and even then like it unleashed the endermen and all the ghosts in the world i remember kenny that we'd have like command blocks underground and we use villagers to activate a villager spawner because it would work once someone yeah. walked by it to activate these ghost traps that would send messages to a random player yeah I loved that. And know, know what I loved? Uh, th this was in a later map, but I was really happy that this worked, was the Iron Golem spawning. Oh, for radio, right? 
Yeah. I want to finish that. Uh, <laughs> someday. But why are we talking about stories so much, Cam? Why did we go on that whole Minecraft tangent? Well, because I put a lot of time into that story. That's why. <laughs> but also because that's actually our topic today. Yeah. So, yeah. Stories. So, stories. Stories in gaming and in general and everything and how they influence the world and our fandom. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I proposed this question a little bit ago. And I remember um, a lot of people, they they look at stories and sometimes it doesn't even matter. Sometimes it's the gameplay that all that matters. That's true. I've seen it so... Uh, if you want to talk about a story that a lot of, I feel like a lot of people kind of did that with, uh, Outer Wilds, uh, it's really easy. I, I mean, you just played it, right? I played an hour or two hours of it, basically. So let me ask you this. Like, did you... <clears throat> I, I mean, I think I think you're the kind of person that... Uh, will read take the time to read a story um but there is definitely a yes. lot to yeah there's definitely a lot to like dive in with when it comes to outer wilds there's like a lot of text a lot of reading but it all kind of is worth it and leads up to a really satisfying conclusion and a, a satisfying finale once you understand everything but i know a lot of people uh just want to be like oh i'm flying through space and that's cool and that's all i kind of want to do and it's like oh story skip 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 and uh well yeah, you gotta gotta I'd respect like to, the story i'd like to ask kenny what's what's like one of your favorite stories in any medium in any medium yeah um you know i really like um brave new world that's a uh, new world yeah that's a it's a book and now a series on Peacup, uh, Peacup, Peacock, not Peacock. sponsored, not sponsored by Peacock, but if we could be. So, Brave New World is a book uh, about a utopian society in which uh, the main premise is like everyone is uh, their their roles are kind of chosen for them before they're born. Uh, so like, uh, and it's all like DNA based and they alter DNA. So like, you can be like, I think it's like an epsilon class, which is like the working class, or you can be like an alpha class and be like one of the really smart, good looking people. Um, oh my God. Did that yeah. one teenage story series book rip it off? I believe it. Never mind. <laughs> Wait, no, no, I'm sorry. It's that, it's that one book. I think divergent. That's what that series mm. Mm. All of them are like different classes, and they're like we're the we're the poor class. That's pretty much their class. They're poor. <laughs> and then yeah. there's the uh, you know the the badass adventures and the smart people. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of like that kind of thing, and it does uh, it does a really interesting dive into like um, what uh, I guess what modern relationships are, and like what finding uh, love means in a world like that like in a world like that where relationships are just for sex because you don't really need to reproduce or be with someone forever it's just for pleasure and uh they have like this whole other like outside plot that's kind of happening with uh i think they call them like savages but they're literally just you know people that are still living like you and me not in this utopian society that chose not to be part of this whole dna and still are born normally like through intercourse and 
have mothers and fathers, but like these people that are in the utopian society don't have mothers and fathers. It's like a foreign concept to them, and it it gets really crazy, and it it uh, kind of makes you question like. <laughs> I think I think you really like the world things, building all the things that is in all the stories. Yeah, because you you really liked Dead Space. Um, yeah, oh, Dead Space, Amnesia, Brave New Amnesia- World. Like- Amnesia's story was very meh. I actually enjoyed the gameplay more on Amnesia. I couldn't tell you what Amnesia was about. Someone forgot his memory. <laughs> but you're you're in the world. And then that's he got it all back. I'm getting. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's immersion. Immersion. I'll, I'll have to say my favorite story I told you guys was Cain and Abel. Um, because it's just like, it's in everything. It's almost like um, that one music it's in everything oh god i forget it oh i need you gary <laughs> the emo music yeah it's like the four chords basically it's in everything yeah. so like look at Cain and abel it's like 18 lines yeah. that's it it's nothing everyone like makes it out to this big ass thing in the genesis but it's literally just about two brothers and one is offering lamb and sheep and god likes that more than the guy who's offering plants per usual Right. Mm-hmm. So he gets jealous and kills him. And then God's like, Hey, where's your bro, man? What'd you, what'd you do? <laughs> right, get out of here. That's it. That's like the story. That's it. <laughs> All right. Get it. Most of these like old Testament stories are like nothing. But the thing is what came from that was this whole ethos and just way of explaining things and just the, uh, influence that it had throughout the centuries and storytelling. Like you, you want to look at like, uh, Hamlet. Hamlet is another Cain and Abel story. Um, anything where there's two, like, just entities, two brothers related in some kind Lion of way. Lion King. Lion King, Cain and Abel. <laughs> That's a brilliant one. That's also kind of like a, uh, almost like a rebirth or a, a voyage and return kind mm. of thing. Uh, all these things just kind of, like, influence the world and have continued to influence the world and how we tell stories. And that's kind of, like, what I always like is, like, the influence on the world from a story. And so, I don't know if you remember this, Kenny, but, like, one of my... I, I watched this a while ago. I don't know if you did. It was when Twitch plays Pokemon. Oh, of Do you course. remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, I, I had that, like, on, like, as much as I could. And I think I, I probably... Was that when we were in, when we were in college? Yeah. Because I think I just watched that, like, during class when I could. <laughs> yeah, it was in college. And just, yeah. like, we were watching this thing and watching these people, like, just struggle through everything. I, I'm pulling up some fan art right here for all of our guys to see. But... This stuff is like some of my favorite. <clears throat> Where like you like see <coughs> the red is just yeah. struggling with all these commands going through his head, almost like he's schizophrenic. Yeah. And that's just like the fandom that came from just Twitch playing Pokemon red. And that's it. And if you don't know, this was like a thing that happened a long time ago. And it was like it's crazy. So cool. Where they made a program so you can type up, down, left, right, A, B, and all that. And then uh, it would input it into the game and the character would move. So you have like you would thousands type this of people. On Twitch chat. And then on Twitch chat. And you have thousands of people saying this. Um, and it led to like these crazy things going on. And like, I, I can't find it here, but you got uh, that Helix Pokemon. The, yeah, Helix, the Helix. Yeah, he was um, the Anarchy. I, I don't want to sign my dude. Uh, yeah, just if you Google, I think if you just Google like uh, Twitch plays Pokemon lore or something, I think you'll, <laughs> you'll find some cool picks you had the pidgeot that was accidentally released oh yeah the bird jesus 
bear jesus that's what it was <laughs> oh, uh, it's, just all, it's, it's just all these fandoms that i absolutely loved um and that's just like the influence of the gameplay itself you know uh the, you know yeah. it's crazy uh I, i've been listening to a lot of uh, i've been listening to a, like a mythology podcast recently yeah um and those stories just in are so fucking interesting like um I listened to uh, what's a what's a good one? Oh, I listened to Hercules versus Theseus, where like Theseus was tricked into thinking Hercules Hercules was a bad guy, basically, <laughs> and like he was in a chair of forgetfulness, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Hercules, you like killed your, you know, you killed your family," and Hercules is like, "Yeah, but." the gods were controlling me when that happened. And it's like this whole thing, like, like these characters are so flawed and it, it makes you want to like root for them more. And I think that's, that's like a really important part. Like having characters that are flawed is so important to having a good story. You can see that in, uh, uh, you can see that in dead space. You can see it in, uh, Hades going back to the mythology thing. Um, you see it in a, a whole bunch of games. If you look, Oh, that's like to say like in Hades, they, they bring a lot of mythology into that game. I think that's, mythology. I think that's kind of what makes the game good. Mm-hmm. They even like, I don't know if you know what this was, but it was, I like, I recognized the three, like the three like ways of love that they show and they show it in the game itself. You can, uh, Eros, uh, stands for the sexual and romantic love, mm-hmm. which is, um, obviously the boy Reaper. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's not, it's not her. It's uh, the harpy lady. If you don't know this, I'm terrible at names. Great. But um, <laughs> just that like friendship love is the uh, Medusa's head. Dusa, I think. And then you got um, just kind of like that like true like, I guess like you know, how you love your partner kind of thing. Not sexual, just like the need to be there with. And that's, that is him and um, Romantic the Reaper. Love. Yeah. But like, just bring all these kind of things. Oh, There's like so know. much you can get into. Um, I like to think like what kind of what kind of games do like that really pulls you, Kenny. I know like we all talk about uh, world building, but that's not really like an actual story in a right. sense. That's just like a creative way of making a story around a character. Yeah, a lot of a lot of first person shooters do just the world building kind of storytelling, but that that doesn't always do. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it doesn't always do a ton that's only one part of it um but sometimes like i mean you can kind of look at it from any any angle because in that sense you're still just your character is still just the audience and the main character is the world that's happening around you yeah you know like i think of, i'm i'm thinking of call of duty 4 for example the one uh <laughs> Where we like, I think I, the, to me that's like a game that changed gaming because they set off a fucking nuke in the game and everyone was like, "Holy fuck!" Like I didn't know you could oh, just we just kill off, off a, the character. Yeah, you could just kill off the main character, and you're like, "Whoa!" And then like, as an audience, you get to hop into another person's body and then play out, you know, trying to get that redemption or whatever, and still like you have like a purpose it gives you that purpose being like oh fuck they nuked us let's get him back you know 
You can say like that nuke was the tragedy of that character. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. uh, if Andres were here, he'd probably bring up Undertale. Undertale have... and Bind of Isaac too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh All yeah. All of it. A lot. So Undertale is a lot more upfront with its story, kind of. It's like about a kid trying to get out of the underground. If you want to like boil it down simply to what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just that. And his his journey along the way to get out. Um and how you play it obviously changes everything, which which I think why I like video game stories can be more memorable because you can you're involved in it more actively. Um that being said, like you know, Cain and Abel a story from the Bible, so I read that one. You know it's a and good I read you that know a while ago. Know what makes a good story, especially in gaming? Hmm. Something that makes you feel, you know, feel. like when when's the what's the last game that you like felt something in? Whether you were just like like overjoyed or like full of sorrow for whatever happened, or just like pissed like at like some other character for doing shit. Going back hmm. to the Call of Duty example, I remember they like uh, killed, killed off, uh, yeah, killed, yeah, killed Ghost. He like fucking shot him and then like poured ghastly on him and lit him on fire and i was like motherfucker <laughs> and i was like this fucking guy i'm like that was like that was like towards the end of the game wasn't it uh i don't remember it's been so long since i played that forever it's been forever yeah my i'll be left honest for my dead. left for dead oh bill yeah exactly you knew immediately what i was talking about that's how right. you know that's and how like that that story isn't even like it's not a super like you have to follow all the pieces kind of story but like when you you have all the pieces and when you put them together it kind of becomes kind of interesting i mean it's but, it's a really basic the thing like all these stories take a simple all these games take a simple story like just in general and then just move you through the world because that's how they build the world is you playing the game they can't just like keep telling you what's going on because that's uh then we get you know we get a uh, avatar the last airbender movie kind of going on oh boy yeah yeah we have like 30 minutes of exposition going on and no one likes that movie no no nobody no i really hope not i'm sorry if you do i'm not sorry no one likes it (laughs) okay but yeah Uh, you have these like journeys going on so i like to think of like um like a basic story is ftl right you're just you're just you're the rebel. You're the Federation of the Rebels. I'll you're the Federation. You're trying to get to the mother, the ship, to tell them that the Rebel mothership is coming to kill you guys, right? Yeah, that's like yeah. all you're trying to do. Yeah. In reality, and then you're also supposed to try to kill them. So where is this Federation army? that's going on. Where Where is it? I guess the Navy in this case. They're in the, the space space force. Space Navy. Space force. <laughs> but well, like what really fleshed that out was the world itself. Yeah. And all the different um, choices we can make call out to the last couple of episodes. And then, like, <laughs> um, all the decisions and, like, all the things that happens to your crewmate, which you don't even have to care about them, to be honest. You don't know their names. You just don't want them to die. Right. Yeah, you can kind of... Those, those games are fun, too, because you can kind of make up your own story for it. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I actually did look up uh, more information about FTL recently because I uh, I was looking it up for another thing and apparently the story is the feder uh, the rebels 
are all like a race of humans that essentially think uh, an alliance with aliens uh, are going to taint humans from becoming the greatest form that they can be. They're xenophobe. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's why you, you as the Federation are trying to get back to stop these guys from, you know, getting a powerful army. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have a really big ship. They have a big, big ship. Yeah, that does a lot. But it's also, it's interesting. That being said, when you pay attention to that game, all of the rebel ships only have humans on them. Oh. See, I wouldn't catch this stuff. Right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't uh, catch a lot of things. And any roguelike that uses cryptic storytelling. (laughs) Oh, man. Cryptic storytelling. I'm trying to think of another one that's got something like that. Uh, Uh, You can play... Like like I said, almost any roguelike does this. Hades is almost cryptic. Except for it's voice acted. So it's actually... I think a lot more people like it because of that. mm -hmm. Um, Buying of Isaac, obviously. End of the Gungeon. uh, Tower of Guns. You got nuclear waste. You got all all these are just like, what what happened? Uh, Well, we're just a character in this world surviving trying to get to the top but Fro- frostpunk story is kind of interesting that's the the city simulator right um it's like uh Spoilers. not really it's it's like it's focused around like one city so like you're um you're a bunch of like refugees you get to this point where like the weather's manageable but the weather has been getting worse and worse and basically it's been getting colder and colder and the whole world's pretty much frozen over and your goal is to uh make a survivable settlement there and you know repopulate and keep people warm and provide food for them and all this stuff and then go out and find um more stragglers and you know just build upon your place to make it as strong as it can be while this in the background uh there's like a real like I guess I don't I, there's probably a technical term for it but there's a day where that's going to be like super super cold that like anyone outside of it is basically not going to survive so you're prepping for that and then you when that comes you just have to hold out. Is it um, like this this looming threat on yeah. the horizon you always know about? Yeah, 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 and that, and it just it, that's that's the game. It, that's it's just always going to come, and so you just prep for that until then and then you have to hold out while it's there and if you can hold out then you win um but it's crazy too because like when i played through that i uh at the beginning really tried to do my best to like uh you know have enough med bays just in case people started getting sick and then having enough warmth so to prevent people from getting sick but like as it got colder and colder it was like almost not possible to prevent that and then you like politics started becoming a thing where people were like oh we want to choose this diplomacy or um this policy and enact like oh we want to um uh enact uh child labor laws so that children can work if they have to so that we can get the things done that we have to and that just becomes like moral decisions for the player to make that like at the end of the day you have to weigh it out whether like the, will this decision make a difference between my survival in this game versus people being happy, you know? Yeah. Well, like you, by the, by the end of it, I was uh, like when, when that, bad. 
Yeah, I felt horrible, but because like the cold front came and people were just like dying, dying. And I was like, like, it sucks that people are dying. But like, if, you know, everyone else can just hold out a little bit longer, we can get through the worst of it and then move forward as a civilization later in life. And that's like, I didn't know it had like an end game kind of thing going on with it. Yeah, spoilers. I probably should have said spoilers. Hold on. Let me say it again. One of my voice doesn't crack. Spoilers. <laughs> no, we got to use uh, the spoilers. <laughs> okay. Put the voice cracky spoilers at the beginning of that uh, rant. It's already Gary. there, Kenny. Put it Put it in there. <laughs> uh, Frostpunk, though. Great game. Yeah. Um, I think another a, a thing I really like when I do play for a game for the story is these big reveals in any kind of thing. So, um, I think we, Kenny, the first time we ever played raft. Oh yeah. When you, we got to this point where we realized that there's more than just water everywhere. I mean, we knew that Mm -hmm. already, but it was going to happen. But the payoff of Raft's story itself was like, you go to this big Island and then you, you know, there's like these journals left everywhere from people and it's another one of like you gotta like read the background to get mm-hmm. what's going on in the actual world mm-hmm. um and you get to this point where it's just like there's society there's something there's like another society something bigger there and you like just keep finding it um and you keep like following the shadows of people that were previous there mm-hmm. how do you how do you like feel about those kind of stories there's there's actually a ton of games that do it that way and it's almost always survival right it's like I the mean, only way it does it that- that going back to heaven shard our minecraft map that was what we did <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> so like uh i mean I, I like those kind of games i like sitting through and you know getting some of the lore you know as long as it's not like at some points i think it definitely can become overwhelming a game that did it really well was left going back to left for dead all of their story was just graffiti on the walls of safe room. So you could read that, you know, take a quick break from all the chaos of fighting zombies, read the walls. It's got a little humor thrown in, uh, and then kind of find out what's happened, what's happening. And, uh, I, I love that kind of storytelling mechanic. Cause it, it was just immersive. It wasn't like click a book, read. It was well, really just- made it immersive. Like, yeah, like the characters talking to each other, I think is what really made that. That so too. good as well. Yeah. Yeah. They were always telling you what's going on. Uh, Left 4 Dead's like another game that like the community just like took it and just ran with that world. Mm-hmm. Um, one game that always surprised me that people that have done this was Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know how much you know about Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, lore. yeah. I, I, I did. A, I've done a little research into it. <laughs> it's just like. This very first game, Five Nights at Freddy's, is technically like it's not a prequel, but the second game is a prequel, mm-hmm. and people like started taking notes of like what was going on in the game. I think the you get a check at the end of these Five Nights, and they notice the date of the check, and that's how they realized the second game was a prequel. And they kept going, and they're like, these guys are like are taking kids and shoving them into these dolls and making them possessed, and then eventually like the opposite happened, where like the guys killed, and it's just like this huge lore. That gets into all these these games and all these fans like make it happen. And almost it's almost better, but like 
I gotta give it to the guy. Like, yeah, the guy who made Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, yeah. Scott. He he first started with like just doing like kids Bible games, and then he <laughs> did a whole. I know, I'm not, what, I'm not, I'm not a, kidding. what a shift! What a turn! <laughs> they yeah. even started making Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's just like one of the craziest games of all time. Wow. Maybe maybe because of YouTube, but and, it was yeah, there. A lot of horror games get their uh, fame from YouTube, I think, for sure, because people love watching other people get scared. Yeah, I like watching you get scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I love getting scared. That was great. So um, can I, I, I like I, getting scared when I control it. What? Oh, I like to ask, like, do you think um, there's, like, very heavily driven story games out there, right? Do you think, like, that's enough to forgive gameplay? Mm. An example of this would be um, Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, good question. I So you've played more of this than I have, but I remember... I mean, like, this is a really simple game. This is basically the, a story game. The gameplay is literally just click and then select dialogue. And that doesn't that, even, like, change the outcome too much, to be honest. Right. It's just, like, I followed the story. Like, there's there's a lot of interesting uh, games like that. What What's the other one? I think it's, like, Edith's something. Oh, God, I have. I forget what it's called. But there's, yeah, there's another game where it's, like, you're just literally walking through and it's just tells you the story as you walk through the game so you kind of yeah. become i don't know a third like party gone here. home is another example yeah do you think do you, like do you like think that's like okay to be honest like kentucky route zero uh i played 4x at the five um i need to play the fifth act eventually mm-hmm. and it was just like the the reviews where it's like mostly positive right now is because yeah. the fifth act just like failed to deliver on the only thing it was going for, which was its story. Oh, wow. And because it had such bad, honestly, no gameplay, it just, like, fell apart in the end. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting art style, and it's an interesting story. Oh. Cam, I just logged into Steam, and you sent me Emily is away. <laughs> <laughs> you just logged in now? Yeah. Why yeah, did e- you Emily's say- away, too, by the way. Oh, is this two? It's a sequel. Oh, is that is that Emily Hart? Is that what it is? Are you sure it's yeah. not Emily is away three? Nope. Less than three. Oh, less than three because it's two. Wow. It's two thousand eight and it, aim is dead. Okay, bet. Cam and I played this when we were uh speaking of stories. This is another one where <laughs> yeah. it's literally just uh, Okay, I sent that gift to you like weeks ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> this is not you a coincidence it. to this podcast, just so everyone knows. You sent it literally on your birthday. You're and I, I, I just have... Well, I've been working, man. I just haven't even logged into anything. I'm proud of you. If you guys don't uh, know what Emily is away, um, it's so no- nostalgic. I think that's why... Well, that one's a... That, this, this is such a simple game because it's literally just a text game, but you can choose, you can choose your response, which... This is a game that changes the outcome, but there's really not that much to the gameplay. I mean, if we're going to talk about this, like there's like a whole genre of like that kind of thing uh, where it's just uh, what are those like anime games that are like that? <laughs> what, what kind of anime games, Kenny? Um, what, what kind of what kind what's, of what's that? What's that one that has that like crazy Doki Doki Literature Club? Yeah. Doki Doki. Yeah. 
that one uh i mean if we're going to talk about a gameplay versus story that one is like basically just story driven art style and it's just choose the text horror game <laughs> yeah surprisingly doki doki if you haven't played that game and you just want to be a little bit shocked just and go confused play yeah just we won't go keep, play it it won't spoil too much of that game i'm not even gonna look it up i don't want to see what it's gonna do <laughs> oh man no that game that game gets so crazy i guess that's fair I, for me like it really depends if, if it delivers yeah um, i think yeah if 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 it delivers then i i'd say it's worth it but you know it story games aren't everyone's cup of tea like you said earlier some people just like gameplay yeah is it cup of tea or is it cup of coffee i think it's tea kenny some earl gray hmm um, oh, here's another good example uh, of kind of gameplay versus story. Uh, Little Inferno. Do you remember that I, one? I've, I've pl- I never. Is that the the block one? No, it's not. Okay, it's the same it, people though. Yeah. Oh really? It's the same people as who? The the block story. Where is it? World of Goo. Oh, World of Goo. Yeah, World of Goo too. Yeah, some like early. Some, these are like early indie games, um, and. World of Goo is actually pretty interesting. I don't exactly remember what it was, but I remember being kind of interested about it. It's kind of like a corporation's taking all the goo, <laughs> and then right. you, you play as the goo, and you yeah, build. like they they have like this the it's like kind of a cutesy thing, but like the back, like the behind the scenes story that's happening, it's kind of dark. I remember. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And you like destroy. Look at genius brilliant made me more complete of a person and you're just building this thing look at him go dude i might replay that game that game was so fun um little inferno too that that's just so uh world of goo is just kind of like a puzzle game where you uh connect goo to make shapes to complete puzzles at its core and little inferno uh, you sit in front of a fireplace and you burn stuff, and that's pretty much all the that's gameplay. And uh, you get these messages from your neighbor and from uh, the corporation that built the fireplace, and through those, you slowly get an idea of what's happening in the background of this world. Uh, which is it's, uh, pretty dark. It's Another one where like it's super cold outside and people can't go outside, so they have to sit in front of their fireplace. So they made an interactive fireplace. Oh my god! Being okay, you just made me think of like one of my favorite games that I ever watched you play. Oh, Metro Twenty Thirty Three. <laughs> yeah, dude, that one was a fucking cool one. If you guys don't know what Metro, it's basically apocalyptic shit happened. And the people in the train stations in Russia are the only ones to survive it. In in Russia, at least. Yeah. And just like, um, it's actually a bunch of stories from book. And um, that's where they get, I guess, their story from. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's why it's probably so good. Because like, someone like built this world and really flushed it out and made it mm-hmm. like crazy. And then they put that into a game. And you're like, sitting there. And it's, it's beautiful rad. too. It's 
beautiful and terrifying at the same time because your gas mask breaks and like you're gonna die if you're outside for too much long. Yeah. Forgive me, but it just started raining. So you're probably gonna hear that. <laughs> oh word. I, I did hear that and I thought uh I thought it was from your stream here. No. But now I know better. Um yeah. But like in that same vein, you could talk about like Skyrim or um, uh, Fallout. You know, those have crazy stories that are happening in the background. Yeah, but, those uh, are all those are all kind of like a rags to riches. I would almost say, but like mm -hmm. it's always the, the the journey or the quest you go on. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it comes down to ultimately in most games. Like it's the the story is what you make of it as a player, you know, especially games that have choice, you know, you could choose to be a bad guy or you can choose to be a good guy, or you can choose to be somewhere in between in a lot of these games. And that determines what your experience is going to be. Telltale games does a phenomenal job of capturing that, uh, like the walking dead series or wolf among us. If you haven't played them, uh, I highly recommend it, but they're, um, point and click, um, with, uh, What's a, I think, cell shading? Is that what that yep. art style is called? Yeah. That's why it still looks good. <laughs> yeah, it looks super cool. Um, and the story is that the, those are stories that I've cried at, like, and got invested in and panicked at because um, you sometimes have a time limit on your choices or your choices greatly affect what happens in the game or the characters that you interact with. Um, and that, that's a good, this is a good example of good gameplay plus good mechanics and where you get, you as a player get to be that flawed character if you choose to be. It is pouring right now. I just turned this mic as down as I could. Oh boy. I think... I think Wolf Among Us works in all those Telltale games because of that choice where it forces a decision on you to build that stress, to build that like, oh, I don't want this character to die because mm -hmm. it built that world so well. It developed certain characters at least well enough that you care about them. Right. Um, yeah. Is there any, is there any game that like was meant for the story and you just like didn't give a shit about eventually? <laughs> So I'll be uh, honest, like, almost any Bethesda game, I don't really care about the story. I just play the game, because I like it. Uh, I feel like some Battle Royales have tried to kind of have a little side story or something that's happening, and I just do not give any shits about those. <laughs> like, get out of here, kids. Yeah, or just trying to, which is unfortunate. Like, like if you're a game dev and you want people to be more immersed, you have, you really have to choose the kind of you have to make that kind of game. You can't just put a story in, right? And especially if multi if it's multiplayer where people have to, you know, be on their toes and reacting. Well, like. I don't know. Some 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 games they play off that because you got Knights of the Republic online, mm. which is essentially Knights of the Republic three, and 
the whole universe is built around the story that's going on as that character, which I never played because I'm salty. They never made a third one, <laughs> by the way. But people have told me it's a good game. How about um, Half-Life Alex? Can oh my god, Half-Life Alex is <laughs> that's kind of different. I'll be honest. I think the whole like I barely remember what was going on in the story because I was so enthralled with the gameplay itself. Right. If you ever like, it's a balance. It's I don't know some some games like it doesn't even matter how they just they just deliver it. Oh good, it's gotten uh, way quieter now. Hmm. Outside, they just deliver this gameplay as like so good. And in half like Alex, I would be like, I'd sit there. Um, this is a VR game. If anyone's wondering, and I think if it was made without VR, it would be nothing special. I'll be honest. It was just so good in VR because I would mm-hmm. like pick up this head crab and it was huge. But you ever play Half Life in any of those games? Like you don't think they're that big at all. It's like this tiny little thing. Um, the people who got like controlled by the head crabs are like crazy scary. And then eventually it got to the place where I had a flashlight and that's my only source of light. And I was uh, terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with this. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. I was terrified, but I think that game, um, I think it only worked well because of its, like how it delivered its gameplay. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that's shy. <laughs> yeah, I but think. God forbid, it's one of the best VR games I ever played. Yeah, I think what we're, uh, I think what we're learning from this is, yeah, you really have to find. If you're balance. a developer, yeah, if you're a developer, you really have to find the balance or either choose, you know, a path as far as uh, gameplay versus story goes. Finding a balance, I think, is a lot harder, but some I games d- some games pull yeah. it off. Some games pull it off. I think, like I said, I keep saying about uh, roguelites and roguelikes, never we want to discuss that. They give you the option to explore the story. I think that's a great way to yeah. do it, too. You don't have yeah. to. You know, I think uh, another good way to pull off that balance is kind of keeping it open-ended, like uh, Carrion, for example. The monster. You remember that one? I, I never I never finished it. I started oh. it, though. Yeah, no, it keeps it super open-ended. Like, it doesn't give you any sort of text. It gives you, like, the world. It gives you your character, and it shows a little bit about, like, your monster maybe becoming human. Um, and to kind of avoid spoilers, spoilers. Um, uh, it shows like the like a lab, and it shows uh, other operatives coming in, and you're like, "Am well? Am I escaping?" Or I mean, like you, you at first glance, you're definitely escaping. You're like, "Oh, I'm trying to get out of this," but ooh, what is this? What this is this like the trailer. It's an animated trailer for it. Wow. There's an animated trailer on Steam if you're wondering what we're looking at. Uh, I did not know existed, which <laughs> I wonder if it explains any more of the story. I don't think it does. This is just a scientist, like, terrified. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Carrion is just very much just based off the thing, um, but you play the monster. And uh, you're trying to escape from a facility, but it shows you flashbacks to 
being a human. So that's part of your journey of figuring out what that all means. Oh, speaking of the thing, that open-endedness, I guess, really does help deliver the ending sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you you watch the um, movie oh. remade so many times. What's the Katana Zero? Katana Zero. Or Hotline Miami. What? <laughs> Dude, Hotline Miami. Oh, Hotline Miami. You were like, Hotline Miami. <laughs> I was like, huh? Ass. <laughs> Katana Zero uh, is, I think, one of the, a really good balance of gameplay and story. I think, is it the same developers as Hotline Miami? Are you the same developer as Hotline Miami? It's one word. Hotline. I didn't, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to put a space. No one look at me. It's not. Yeah, Devolver. What's well, a publisher? Oh, same publisher. But yeah, that's a Katana Zero and Hotline Miami. Those are crazy. Yeah, it's kind of like a cyberpunk kind of style game. Before cyberpunk, the game came out in two twenty seven seven. I haven't played that one actually, but I hear the story is good in that. I hear it's there. Yeah, there's definitely a story in it. <laughs> it it's and there. Gameplay. It works. Yep. I hear you so, play it. Yeah. If you if you came here to listen to us talk about cyberpunk, oh, you're gonna be disappointed. If you came here to listen to us explain games, you're also gonna be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Katana Zero? Oh, you're a guy and you have a sword and you kill people. Okay. Yep. That's it. All right. Next next one. What's what is Hotline Miami? Hello, well, Miami. You're is a guy you're and you, with, a, you kill with guns and a mask. <laughs> and you kill people. That's, that's and pretty you much kill, it. You kill people. He's, he is gunning down a bunch of people. You know, actually, this is a good point because, like, man, <laughs> there's definitely like a crazy story behind it. I think, but there, yeah. I mostly just remember the gameplay. Mostly just remember killing people. Like I said, it's like the reward of exploration. Yeah. When, uh, oh, that's actually a good point. When these games can't. You know, some people love to explore games, like explore, like I like exploring in Skyrim. I love exploring, but in these kind of games, you can't just like, explore the environment. So you have to explore your storyline. Yeah, and you have to really search for it sometimes. Yeah, like why am I killing all these people? And they do explain that you're like doing jobs to do a thing to get out. Yeah, there's some something. reason. There's definitely a reason. <laughs> It's but, there. But does it matter? Ultimately? That's the question. It doesn't matter. So what did we take away from that, Cam? Um, my takeaway from all this was that RimWorld is one of the best games anyone should play. Wow, okay. Uh, because did not it, see that takeaway coming. <laughs> because it, it delivers that drive to create your own story... It has elements to surprise you and drive that story forward. Huh. In a progressing world that is just painful. Are you telling me that this whole episode was just a lead up to tell people to play RimWorld? Cordy cast out. <laughs> <laughs> God, imagine if we were sponsored. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're a developer and you want us to do this for your game just to lead up... <laughs> We got it. We we did it. We got you guys. Don't yeah. worry. Right, uh, yeah. No, I think I think we can take away from what we were, our little the special K us duo going out is that 
it's always a balance, as we said earlier. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't actually matter. Sometimes you can make a great story, but people will just skip it. That's the tragedy yeah. of being a story developer for games. R.I.P. But we appreciate you. Cam and I do. We'll read it. So if yeah. you're a developer making a game that's got story-based stuff, oh, we yeah. got you. I will install every mod I can to play a better version of your game. Oh, <laughs> shit. With more story involved. And I will play it once and tell everyone about it until uh, I forget about it and have to look it up through my Steam library. That's just that's just okay. what it is. Cam, anything else that we want to say about stories and games and indie games? Uh, not really. We went over kind of like a broad topic. I'd yeah. Say. We went over a bunch we of could, little things. There's we so much always... more we could say, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that's it. If... If you want to hear more, listeners, I'm talking to you now. Oh. Or viewers, if you're watching it on Patreon. Uh, if you want to hear more, uh, we might talk about this on Twitch if we get enough demand for it. And just do it live. Fuck it. Doing it live. Anything else? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. You're the host. Oh, okay. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. Um, Kenny, give me that line. Granny cast out. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers, our QWERTY cast hosts, our audio engineer slash musical master, Gary, and you, our listeners. If you would like to join our community, find us through QWERTYcast.com, which has links to all our platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, Discord, and even more. On behalf of everyone here at QWERTYCAST, thanks for listening. This is Dave saying QWERTYCAST out.